This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, Wednesday, the 14th of December. Good to be back with you. Thanks for listening to the Marlins Hot Stove Show. I'm your host, Kyle Seeloff. And thanks for joining us for another Wednesday on Fox Sports 940 AM Miami and the iHeartRadio app. Uh, This show tonight, audio only, no video available on Marlins.com. We'll get back to that next Wednesday. Uh, Next Wednesday will be our final show before we take a couple of weeks off for the holiday break and get back after it after the new year. Uh, We will, in all likelihood, carry this thing for you right up until the start of spring training. So uh, we'll have news for you uh, or an interview in some capacity every week for the next couple of months. A good show tonight, by the way. My guest is a Miami native, a World Series champion, and New Marlins first base and outfield coach, John Jay. Uh, That interview coming up in just a couple of minutes for you. Uh, Okay, so our first show since what was a very intense week of winter meetings for the entire league, uh, the hot stove is hot. Now, for the Marlins, they did remain quiet on the free agency and trade front. I don't think there's any reason, truthfully, for panic or concern. I certainly do understand from a fan's perspective, the desire now to get something done, uh, especially when you see, and again, I understand this, when you see teams in your division and you look at the Braves and the Mets and the Phillies um, shelling out big money for top-tier free agents and adding to what will already be 200 to $300 million payrolls. But look, I think we have to keep in perspective that the Marlins – are simply not going to operate like that. They're not going to be able to add front-end talent for hundreds of millions of dollars. And honestly, folks, that's okay. I know people often get frustrated hearing this, but quote-unquote small market teams, uh, they're capable of winning in the big leagues. And I know you get these references a lot, but people do like to reference the Rays. Look at teams like Cleveland. How about the Minnesota Twins? Uh, Playoff teams. The Marlins, if you're worried about dollars and cents, will have very similar payrolls to all of those teams this upcoming season and teams that are perennial playoff contenders. I know it's easy to get caught up in the payroll discussion, um, and I do understand, but look, there's also no guarantee a 250 or $300 million payroll uh, it's going to buy you a ring. I, I understand. I know folks want to get frustrated. I, I know they crave the big deals. I, I know that's I, I know that's fun. I, I know it's exciting to look at and, and to see your team shell out hundreds of millions of dollars. But you don't have to do that necessarily to win. Um, it, it's the teams that are built and constructed well with depth really that are generally some of the last ones standing. I I know Houston's got a pretty good-looking payroll, and they're the World Series champions. Uh, Look at the Philadelphia Phillies last year. That was a pretty well-constructed ball club, and I know they've got a pretty big payroll. 
but that was also a really well-constructed team, just a well-constructed team that got hot down the stretch. By the way, uh, let's not forget if the Marlins didn't take care of business, and I'd like to bring this up, uh, against the Brewers last September, the Philadelphia Phillies probably um, do not make the playoffs. But that's neither here nor there. But uh, trivial matters, but always fun to kind of go back and look at that and see how the 2022 season played out. But uh, all right, so so I, I guess... With, with that being said, let's do this. Uh, we can play this game and take a look at where things stand right now. And I think you have to ask yourself if there's a single position, now exclude the rotation, uh, because I think everybody acknowledges how good the Marlins' rotation is. Um, but do the Marlins, do they have a single position that they do not have to worry about upgrading? And I think the logical conclusion there. Uh, would be second base with Jazz. I think if you look at his OPS plus last season, uh, one of four Marlins with an OPS plus better than league average, which is 100. Um, I don't think that there's one other untouchable, we're good to go position on the roster as it's currently constructed. I, I do think it's fair to say, you know what, they are fine at second base. The Marlins do not have to worry about upgrading at second base. But I think there you could stand a reason that they could pretty much explore any and all possibilities to upgrade their team this winter. And that's okay. Uh, look, you're you're doing yourself a disservice if you don't try to get better at each and every position, and you don't leave a stone unturned. You explore every possible option, whether that's in free agency. Or on the trade market, we'll see. We'll see if the Marlins, by the way, are willing to part ways with some of their starting pitching. I know that's kind of been the logical conclusion um, for a while now. And Pablo Lopez is, is a is a hot name, and I'm sure he's a hot commodity. Um, but having a chance to chat with Danny Alvarez, Christina De Nicola, they do great work. You can follow their work. But we had a couple of shows uh, early last week. The starting pitching depth for the Marlins, it gets pretty thin pretty darn quick if you start to trade away some of your starting pitching. There are some sensational talent on the way, but that talent's not going to be ready to start in the big leagues in 2023. And who knows at what point next season um, they'll be willing to contribute. But let's take a step back. Uh, playing this little game I was thinking about. You take a look at this roster. Uh, here's some free agent names I'm going to float out there. I just think it's fun to do. Um, we're talking guys, one to two year show me type deals that I think are truly realistic for the Marlins. A couple of former Mets and Dom Smith and Michael Conforto. Conforto, a candidate to DH potentially. Dom Smith could play first. You've got Garrett Cooper over there. Is that a platoon situation? Who knows? Dom Smith and Michael Conforto. I think a couple of really interesting and intriguing names uh, that could fit the Marlins mold and maybe what they're looking to do. Here's a couple of other ones for you. Joey Gallo and Andrew Benintendi. Gallo had a really rough go of it last season, but he is a proven slugger. And Andrew Benintendi, for all of the talk about Benintendi over the years, and uh, maybe he hasn't flashed some of the power that many thought he would have, He's a big leaguer. Those are proven big leaguers. Those four names. And there's a bunch more. 
I'm just saying I happened to take a look and I figured, you know what, let's um, let's throw some names out there. We'll, we'll, we'll see what happens here. But I know people get caught up in all of these massive free agent deals taking place. There's a lot of proven quality Major League Baseball players still on the free agent market. And Kim Ang acknowledged as much last week that, look, the team that they have now is not going to be the one that they go to Jupiter with. And they've got deals, moves to be made. So to me, some very interesting names that we should keep an eye on. There's a ton more. Figured I'd throw some out there. Just just kind of perusing. Um, but again, I'm not sure outside of Jazz Chisholm, there's a single position player on the roster that the Marlins cannot look to improve. And again, if you want a chance to play in October, you better look to get better. And you cannot leave any stone unturned and I think that's exactly what Kim Meng and her team are going to do here uh, this winter. All right, uh, before we check in and uh, send it to my interview with John Jay, don't forget you can say cheers to 30 years of Marlins baseball. You can celebrate the holidays by scoring tickets to three games, including opening day 2023, March 30th, and the afternoon against the New York Mets, plus a Marlins 30th anniversary theme champagne glass set. You can purchase your holiday bundle today at marlins.com slash holiday. Don't be that guy or girl, mom or dad, uh, brother, sister, husband, wife, um, coming up here for the holidays that forgets to do something. And this is an awesome deal, a really, really good deal. And you can go to opening day in 2023. All right, time now for the interview portion of the show. Let's uh, send it to my interview. Here is the Marlins' new first base and outfield coach, a World Series champion, uh, Miami Hurricane, and a Miami man himself, John Jay. A 12-year big league veteran, most recently played in 2021, a 2011 World Series champion with the newest manager of the Marlins, Skip Schumacher, uh, and most importantly to me, a Miami Hurricane and UM Sports Hall of Famer, John Jay, uh, the new first base coach and outfield coach of the Miami Marlins. It's good to see you, man. What, what's this What's this mean to you? What's this opportunity mean? Yeah, no, it's great seeing you. Uh, it's been surreal, you know, um, to get to represent my hometown and uh you know, put on the Marlins jersey is something that I, that I always dreamed of. You know, uh, it didn't work out as a player, but it's great to be here as a coach now. And, uh, you know, everything happens for a reason, I always say. And uh, it's, it's been amazing so far, and I'm, I'm excited to join the staff. How close did you get as a player ever to coming home in any capacity? Uh, we had some talks. We had some talks here and there. But, um, you know, uh, it's just the, the, the way the game shakes out. And, like I said, everything always happens for a reason, and uh, I'm happy to be here now. For the city that gave so much to you growing up, Miami guy went to UM had a great career there you go on to win a World Series what's it mean really just a year removed from playing yourself to now to give back to the city for the big league team and to help these guys yeah I'm super excited um, you know I love Miami I love the community you know I'm a, I'm a 305 to I die type of guy uh, always uh, like I said it's 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 amazing to, to be able to um, you know come here represent Miami in my new role and like I look forward I look forward to everything I look forward to being at the ballpark uh, you know getting involved in the community and just uh, you know I'm a Miami guy so uh, my family's excited I'm excited my friends are and uh, I hope the community is as well I think Major League Baseball has taken a different direction in recent years where you don't really need 15 years of experience before you get an opportunity on a Major League staff to manage, you know, within reason. Skip, the new manager, right? He's never managed before, but he was the bench coach. You're a year removed from playing. What advantages do you think that gives you? And is there any uneasiness about coming out of the dugout in the player capacity and now coaching? Yeah, for me, um, you know, I'm hoping it's going to be a natural transition. And uh, obviously, um, you know, I, I don't have the uh, quote-unquote coaching experience, but, uh, you know, something that I do, um, 
uh, I think that's something that's a big positive is, you know, I kind of played this role as a player. You know, yeah. I felt like I was uh, a player coach uh, for my whole career, ever since I was at, you know, Columbus High School and going to UAM and all that. So, you know, for me, um, you know, it's the same. You know, it's about building relationships and, um, you know, just, just going out there, working hard. And, you know, uh, I have a great staff around me that, that's gonna, that I'm able to lean on. Um, you know, I have a lot of um, other friends that are coaches uh, around the big leagues that, that I've leaned on heavily. And, you know, I've kind of been doing my own, uh, my own research the last couple of years with uh, just asking guys their experiences. And even when I was playing, you know, I'd ask coaches, you know, how they made the transition and, you know, what, what were the positives and negatives or whatnot. So, um, you know, I'm looking forward to this and uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to, you know, trying to be the best coach that I can. It sounds to me like this is something you always had in the back of your head. You weren't going to try to just golf the rest of your life after baseball, but you wanted to stay in the game, and this opportunity has come up. So this was obviously intriguing for a long time, even when you were playing. Yeah, I've always been the type of guy that had like a plan. You know, even when I was playing, kind of looking at the game of baseball and, and kind of seeing, all right, what would I want to do within the game, whether it was broadcasting or coaching yeah. or front office or whatever the case may be. So uh, I always had this uh, kind of all these different plans in the back of my head, and you know, timing's everything. And I was always the guy that said never was a never say never type of guy. You know, I never said, oh, I'm never going to do this or that. And you know, the right opportunity came out, and um, we're here now. You and Skip go way, way back. You had an opportunity to win a World Series together in 2011 with the St. Louis Cardinals. I guess take me through this process for you and how this really whole thing came to fruition. Was it when he was named the manager? Had he kind of floated this out to you in recent years or how to come about? Yeah, I think, um, you know, we've always stayed in contact and, uh, you know, we've talked about this before, you know, even when Skippy took, uh, you know, his role with the Padres, I, I, you know, I reached out to him and just kind of picked his brain yeah. on, on what was going on and the same thing in St. Louis. So I got to see him a little bit last summer in St. Louis. I was, I was in St. Louis for the summer. And uh, so, yeah, so when he got the job, uh, you know, when he got the official title, you know, he gave me a call. And, you know, for me, um, you know, it's an honor always when you get a call. And, you know, I've, I have had some calls before in the past, even when I was playing to, to, to coach. So, yeah. um, you know, that's always flattering when you get those calls. And so it, that, that really gave me the confidence to uh, step in here now, you know, at, in this role and kind of uh, know that I've been wanted before. And then, you know, when Skip called me, it was a natural fit, you know, knowing Skip for, for, for many years, knowing the type of person he is. That's, that's, that was the biggest thing that, that drew me is, uh, you know, I know the type of guy he is. He was a mentor to me as a player. He's been a mentor to me, um, you know, off the field, you know, the last couple of years when I asked him anything to do with coaching, family, whatever it is. So, you know, I look forward to being part of his staff. What type of player is he? I mean, what, what type of person is he? Oh, the best. I mean, yeah. you don't get a better person. That he's the type of guy that uh, you know he'll take the shirt off his back for, for for somebody. He was a guy that when we were in St. Louis, you know, he was the veteran player that really would make sure he took care of myself and Daniel Descalzo and David Freeze and Alan Craig. And you know, <laughs> I attribute a lot of uh, you know being able to play 11 years in the big leagues to skip. You know, he taught me invaluable lessons early on and just how to go about my business, how to be a professional, how to just you know show up every single day. And, uh, you know, I've seen that, and that's, you know, it's no surprise to me that he's a, he's a big league manager in, in a short period of time. I don't want to get too caught up on it, but I think it, it's not fair to ignore it. You and Skip and, and many others came through a system for a long time in St. Louis, who we obviously trained with up in Jupiter, but you always hear about the Cardinal way. And I had an opportunity to chat with him, but that means something. Like, you take it personally every day you come to the ballpark, the people you're playing for, like, you don't lose. Like the the, the 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 losses hurt more than the wins. Can I, I guess? And I'm sure some of that will come to Miami because that's really what you were born and raised with in the big leagues. But what does that mean, and what will that look like in Miami? Yeah, I think the whole thing is just being accountable. You know, um, you know, respecting your, your peers, your coworkers, um, everyone. You know, from the stadium workers to you know the community. Just understanding that you represent more than just yourself. And I, I think that was the biggest thing. And you know, accountability is huge. And 
And uh, I think that's something that, um, you know, we're going to see a lot of here. And, um, you know, with the staff that, um, you know, we got together in the winter meetings, it's a, it's a great staff of guys that have been around, guys that know how to hold guys accountable. And, you know, I think that's the biggest thing, just show up. Uh, you know, you know you know what you're going to get every day when you show up. And I think that's that's, that's the biggest thing. What's the biggest unknown for you? Uh, you're going to be coaching first base, and you're obviously going to be helping the outfielders. That's going to be your primary responsibilities, which is enough of a responsibility as it is. What's the biggest unknown for you, I guess, going into spring training? Uh, I'm not sure. You know, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a one day. Yeah, good question, right? Guy. What yeah, is the unknown? And you don't know. Yeah, <laughs> so the unknown is going to be, uh, you know, uh, I'll say this with, with confidence. Uh, you know, whatever the unknown is, uh, you know, we have a great support staff here. You know, guys yeah. that I can lean on. And I think for me, uh, it's something similar to my career. You know, I've never been scared to ask for help. You know, I've never been right. scared to to just say, hey, I, I don't know what's going on or, or whatever the case may be. So, you know, I'm going to lean heavily on, on uh, you know, on the, the rest of the staff. And, and um, yeah, so for me, the biggest unknown, I'm not sure. Uh, that's a tough one. We'll see. We'll see when we get to spring training. What's what? I guess what have the conversations been like for a staff that has no ties to this group of guys? Well, that's not fair. Mel Stottlemyre Jr., Rob Flippo, Wellington Cepeda, those guys coming back. They know a lot of these guys, but but, but you hear well, it's tough for them to win this and that. How beneficial, I guess, is this for you guys? Like this slate is clean. There's 55 guys that go to spring training, and you know. A bunch of them have an opportunity to make a team. What's that process like as a coaching staff as you try to evaluate this whole thing? And do you try to put everything that's happened in the years past in the rear view and say, we're going to look ahead, we're here now, and this is our job to get these guys to win? Yeah, the past is in the past. It's the same thing as me. You know, uh, you know, my playing days are over, so I, yeah. you know, you got to move on from that. But, you know, that's in the past. And, you know, like I said, we're looking forward to, to coming here. And, and really the, the, the biggest thing now has just been getting to know uh, – you know the roster you know getting to know the guys in the team you know what they've done well what they've done poorly what they need to improve on so i think that's been the, the main focus now and then you know we're obviously um excited about uh you know what what moves we're going to make and what's going to happen now so you know it's still r very early in the off season yeah um so you know for us it's just um you know bringing what um i think each coach that skip has brought in brings something unique and um and distinct and you know it's just up to us to be ourselves and, and and bring that to the table every manager or coach i've ever chatted with john jay joining us on the marlin hot stove show says it's a people business and you know for 12 years and a lot longer than that this is a six and a half seven month grind it starts in february and everybody hopes it ultimately ends at the end of october the beginning of november how do you go about not really just getting to know all the guys in this clubhouse but there will be a lot of guys throughout the minor league system that come up here this year how do you go about that yeah, it's just, uh, you know, making myself available. And um, I think that's something that I'll translate from uh, my playing days where, you know, I would always kind of go talk to the minor leaguers and, you know, give a big speech or whatnot and just, you know, share my insights. So I plan on doing doing the same things now and, you know, just letting guys know, like, hey, when you see me around, you have a question, anything you want to know, just, yeah. you know, reach out to me. Uh, so it's just making myself available. And, you know, I, I'm lucky to live here in the off season, So I've been able to, you know, start getting together with some of the guys already and, and start developing those relationships. Like you said, it's all about developing relationships. It's a people business. So, you know, that's what I'm working on right now. Nobody knows this town, John, better than you do. Is there a particular lunch or dinner spot you're taking these guys to? I mean, Garcia Seafood Restaurant. That's like, that's <laughs> right down the road. Quick, right down the road. I'm super excited about that. You know, uh, fresh fish, fresh stone crabs. Uh, we were just there the other day as a family. Uh, that's absolutely my spot. It's uh, one of the best in Miami and just about a mile and a half here from the ballpark. Uh, okay, so you're at home these nights, and as now a member of the coaching staff in the big leagues, 
you're on the iPad, you're looking at these guys, just chatting with them. What what are you doing now to try to prepare yourself and integrate yourself into this clubhouse with all these new faces for you within reason? Yeah, I'm starting to do my own research. Uh, you know, I just finished my semester up at, at, at UM. Uh, I've been going back, finishing my undergrad. So now, you know, that's done, finished my last finals and all that. So now, you know, I'm 100% focused. You're on graduating soon? I'll, I will be graduating in the spring. So I, I have wow. two classes left, so I look forward to that. And that's kind of been my journey the last year was, uh, you know, knocking out school. So I've taken eight classes so far, two more to go. But now, yeah, now it's diving deep into, into everything, you know, uh, getting all the information I can and, and, and really having a, a plan in place for, you know, each, each individual player. Now I'm sidetracked. What's it mean to you to graduate from UM? When uh, do you do? When do you eventually do? Oh, it means everything. You know, my goal, you know, as a kid, you know, I did dream of playing in the big leagues and all that. But really my biggest dream was to go to the University of Miami. And, and for me... That was, uh, you know, when I stepped foot on campus, it was like, all right, this is like my bucket list. I'm good. Anything that happens after that is icing on the cake. So, you know, UM means so much to me. Um, it's something that uh, I can't wait to, to, to get my degree and, and, to, and to walk, uh, you know, to walk uh, in graduation. So it's something I really look forward to. Uh, I think it's going to be something uh, cool for my kids to see, see me do. Um, and just the whole journey of it, right? Yeah. You know, I left as a junior, had some school left, and then to go back and finish. And, you know, it hasn't been the easiest task, but um, it's been great. It's really prepared me uh, well for, I, I feel like, my role now uh, uh, coaching. You know, I got to spend time with a lot of uh, the younger generation and really got in sync with my computer skills again. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so, yeah, so I'm looking forward to walking. And it's, it means so much to myself, to my family. And so that's something that I'm really looking forward it's to. A great lineage in that program, and for a long time, and still to this day, whether guys are still playing or now they're retired, a lot of guys uh, still show up in the off season and help those guys. You never know where life's going to take you. Was there ever any consideration to coaching at the college level in recent years? Um, like I said, uh, I'm the never say never type of yeah. guy. And uh, honestly, the last year and a half, I haven't been seeking opportunities. Gotcha. Uh, I was just kind of sitting back and, and waiting what, what comes my way, and just kind of evaluating that as a family. And um, you know, like when this came up, you know, my wife was great about the whole thing, and. You know, obviously, it's, it's a huge sacrifice, again, for, for them after, you know, I've been home for a year and a half and all that. But, um, you know, so for me, um, you know, like I said, never say never, but um, I'm, I'm glad I ended up here with the fish. I know you got to be optimistic, and for every right reason, this team's got the reigning Cy Young Award winner, some guys looking for bounce-back years this year, and there's always optimism going into spring training. What do you make of this club, John? As you just look at this club, nobody else in the National League East or the rest of baseball still moves to be made. But what, what do you see from these guys so far? I mean, we've got a great core. You know, um, it all starts with pitching. You know, yeah. <laughs> you can't win unless you can, can pitch, and, and we can definitely pitch, you know, and, and playing defense as well. And like you said, you know, a lot of guys um, were hurt last year. You, you didn't get a full season without a lot of guys. So, you know, that's we're super optimistic about that and uh, optimistic about what, uh, you know, moves that we're going to make now in the future. But, you know, I like where our roster stands right now. I think, um, you know, we're going to shock a lot of people, do a lot of uh, great work out there. And, um, you know, it's on us uh, as the coaches to get the best out of the players' abilities, you know, with whatever roster we have. But I do like what we have. We have a great core. Like you said, we, everyone knows about the starting pitching, mm -hmm. the defense. And, you know, we get a couple of these guys uh, just to, you know, have 500 plate appearances and, yeah. we're in, and we're in a good shape. I always get a chance to chat with a bunch of guys in the offseason. I always enjoy chatting with coaches that maybe played 30 years ago. In your case, you're fresh out of the game two years ago. You, you played a few games back in 2021. Now, if you go back 10, 15 years when you broke into Major League Baseball or professional baseball, how has the game changed, and how do you think you knowing the game as it stands now? It's not the same as it was when you first started, but you, you're fresh out of this thing. How much does that help you, knowing the way the game is now and maybe the environments in the clubhouse within reason? Yeah, I think the environments have changed, and uh, I think it's uh, 
you know, for the better, you know, guys can uh, be more comfortable, which is, which is great. But I think baseball is still baseball. You know, yeah. the fundamentals of the game haven't changed. And, and we see that every year in the playoffs, right? Good pitching, good defense, timely hitting. And, and that hasn't changed at all. So I think, um, you know, it's great that, um, you know, there's a, I like there's a little bit more flair in the game. I, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm not opposed to that, even though I'm a super old school guy. Yeah. I came up in that time. <laughs> but, you know, I think it's great for the fans. I think it's great for the you know community and all that. But, um, you know, I think it's just the fundamentals of the game are the same, and that's really what I'm going to harp on. Yeah, well, it's going to be a lot of fun this year to certainly see how this, um, to really to see how it plays out. When you, when you take a look at, um, you know, I, I guess this coaching staff in general, what have the conversations been like? You guys meet in two, three times a week? Is it all Zoom-based? Like, how are you guys preparing uh, to go to Jupiter? Yeah, so, you know, we um, it was great to see the whole staff at the winter meetings. Yeah. You know, I think we we're probably one of the few of the only whole Major League Baseball staffs there. So, you know, we really got to, to you know, meet uh, during the day, have dinners at night. And just it's the same thing as players, right? We, uh, we have to d- develop those relationships with ourselves. And it's, um, I think, a unique part about this staff is a lot of us already knew each other or have yeah. some type of connection. And, um, you know, going forward, we're going to continue to get information and um, get together and, you know, on, on Zoom calls and, and really come up with a game plan uh, for the guys. Just a couple of more minutes with John Jay, the new first base coach, outfield coach of the Miami Marlins. We always hear, Kim has talked about it, managers talk about it, it doesn't matter what coaching staff is here. You've got to develop a winning culture, and you've been in many winning cultures. You're a World Series champion, John. This is a broad question, but what does that mean? Like, how do you develop a winning culture? I think first it starts by by leading by example. You know, uh, you got to lead by example, and it's just showing up every single day. You know, uh, there's 162 games yeah. in the season; it's, it's a long. long season, and you know sometimes it's easy to show up for you know half of those games. But I think that's the the biggest part is just you know being consistent every single day, and you know when you're at the field, just putting your 100% focus into to the game and, and what's going on here. So um, I think uh, you know for me for sure it's gonna it's gonna be leading by example and just you know talking to the guys and. And really, uh, you know, putting out little fires that we see here or there, or, or stuff that we can, you know, can be, um, you know, negative or whatnot. But I think the biggest thing is, uh, you know, leading by example and, and, and being accountable. And yeah. I think that's something that, 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 Skip, that Skip brings to the table that, that's huge. And, you know, I, I've, I've, I've gone to listen to most of his interviews and, you know, I love everything he's saying. And, and he's not just saying it just to say, you know, he's going to walk the talk. And I think, um, you know, it starts at top and, and, and we have the perfect guy for that here in Miami. I know there have obviously been hundreds of people to you that have been influential to get you where you're at in your career. You've probably been asked this question before. Is there an individual in particular that you say, I wouldn't be here without him or her today? Or is that, is that unfair? Maybe just, no, one, it, but, you know. it's unfair. It's broad. Cause you know, you have family, you have friends, you know, I have a great group of friends here from Miami that have been by my side and, you know, always kept things light with me. You know, they were always, yeah. uh, the guys, you know, if I struck out four times, they they were making fun of me and keeping it light. Like, yeah. hey, we love you for who you are, and you know, it's not about just because you have a uniform on. You know, my my family, my grandparents, really, um, you know, my parents, my sister, uh, my wife has been unbelievable. You know, she's been with me since day one, and she's she's seen it all with me. So people don't know how tough it is. Oh man, she's been my uh, you know my backbone for for everything. You know, all those you know those zero for fours or, or whatever's going on in life. You know, she's been right by my side. Um. And, yeah, on the baseball side, you know, Skip's one of those guys that, you know, yeah. he taught me things from the beginning. Day one, um, you know, the, the group of guys I got to come up with, uh, Alan Craig, David Fries, and Daniel Descalzo, those, those are my right-hand guys. But, yeah, definitely uh, I'll say Daniel Descalzo was my, like, you know, That's my awesome. guy where, you know, we roomed together, we could talk together, we, you know, had all these conversations and, and stuff like that. So when I think of, uh, 
you know, who's helped me get to this point. Like, it's, it's a very, uh, there's, there's a wide range of guys, you know. It, it's taken a village for me to be, you know, where I am today. And, you know, same thing with Adam Aldovino from the Mets. You know, we came up together, had, you know, those late nights where we're trying to grind through the minor leagues <laughs> and all that. So, you know, I've been very blessed to have met a lot of good people and, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm leaving a ton of people out of this right now, but yeah, I know. you know, it's, it's uh, yeah, I, I've been very fortunate. I've been very fortunate to be around a lot of good people that have helped me get to the point. That I know I'm today. you'll always be closely connected to the St. Louis community. You still do great work with your foundation up there, but to be home. And I guess as we wrap this thing up and it kind of ties into what I asked you in the beginning, opening day against the Mets on March 30th and John Jay's in a Miami Marlins uniform, something you grew up dreaming of as a kid. Will it hit you? Will you be so locked into what you have to do and your responsibilities? Or will you try to take a moment and just be like, this whole thing has kind of come full circle? Yeah, I'm, on, I'm definitely going to be locked in, but I'm always the type of guy that, that appreciates every situation. And I'm definitely going to take it all in. And, you know, for me, it's pretty funny because I got to actually play the first game here at Marlins Park with right. the Cardinals in 2012. So I remember... For Call, do you have the first hit? Carlos oh. Beltran had the first hit. Because oh, I remember right. I was shooting for that first hit and I didn't get it. I was like, man, I could have <laughs> had the first hit in the history of the Martin Spark. But, you know, it's going to be great to see, you know, my friends, my family, see my kids out there. And uh, I'm really looking forward to, like I said, being back in Miami in the community. Um, you know, we used to have a bowling event for eight years in a row when yeah. I was playing. So we're going to bring that back this year with the J Family Foundation. So I'm just uh, I can't wait to get involved, represent the community and, um, you know, back home in the 305. And uh, how's the shoe game? I know you love your shoes. The shoe game's doing all right. You know, I know there's a lot of guys here with, with some good shoe games and stuff <laughs> like that. So, um, you know, I'm going to have to come in here quiet. But, um, you know, still got the shoe collection. That's that's always been my, my one my one thing since I was a kid. That's, that was my uh, was always the shoes. Uh, John, congratulations to you on all your successes. Can't say welcome to Miami, but uh, it's great to have you back home for the long haul, man. Thanks for the time. Yeah, thanks. It's great to be back home. All right, thanks again to John Jay for joining us on the Marlins Hot Stove Show here tonight. Uh, I, I thought it was really cool to hear John talk about just how excited he is uh, to be a part of this coaching staff and all the work that they're doing now. The work has started, and there's a lot more to be done, but this is an energized coaching staff that's ready uh, really to turn this thing around in Miami, give it a shot, and uh, do things their way. And, and see if they can lead this Marlins franchise back to the playoffs. Hey, before we wrap things up here, Marlins single game tickets are on sale now. Do not forget, uh, single game buyers, and this is important, you're going to receive pre-sale access to World Baseball Classic single game tickets. This is a, a limited time only deal, so make sure you buy your tickets tonight. Tomorrow, whenever you're listening to this at marlins.com slash tickets. Uh, that's going to do it for this episode of the Marlins Hot Stove Show. We will be back with you next Wednesday at 6 o'clock. Uh, this show is always available on the Marlins podcast page. No video tonight. We will have video for you next week. So for Ricardo Wanche here at Fox Sports, 940 AM Miami, I'm Kyle Seeloff saying so long and good night. Thanks for listening to the Miami Marlins Hot Stove Show on your home for Marlins baseball. Fox Sports, 940 AM Miami and the iHeartRadio app. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. 
We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.